0: everyone you are now tuned in to in the boardroom podcast i am your host fashion designer author and entrepreneur drina martin tolmer and thank you for tuning in now if you missed the last episode of in the boardroom podcast we were talking to samantha and we were talking about all things financial planning credit repair and just different wealth building things so she gave us the name of her website and organization so be sure to check out the last podcast episode now, today we have another special guest. Um he was a colleague of mine at Tuskegee University and he definitely has a story to tell. This man went from being homeless to being one of the top motivational speakers in the world. So, we're going to go ahead and bring him on. Stay tuned. Hello everyone. Welcome back to In the Boardroom Podcast. And like I told you before, we have a very special guest, Mr. William Hollis. Now, this is somebody who I went to Tuskegee with and Ever since then, you know, he has really made a name for himself. He built pretty much built his brand from the bottom up. He was homeless, and, you know, he just he had a lot going on. So I'll go ahead and bring him on and let him tell you more about his story. So, hey, William. How
1: you doing, Queen? It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming on and taking time out of your day to be here with us. And I'm I know for a fact that, the listeners, the listeners, are definitely going to gain some some good knowledge and be inspired with your story. So, I want to go ahead and get right into it. So, pretty much, give us a little bit of your background and um, how did you end up at Tuskegee? Uh,
1: well, how I got to Tuskegee was um, I had a, became an All American at Clark Atlanta University, and after that year, I was nominated for the D two Heisman Trophy, which is the Harlan Hill. And Terry Bowden had gave me a call and asked me did I want to transfer from there to North Alabama. So I had left Clark Atlanta after the biggest season of my career, my college career, arguably the biggest season of my college career. And I went down to North Alabama. I started to train, worked out, went through camp, uh, the spring camp. But then I was getting ready to go to summer camp. And I got a call that my daughter, my daughter Halo was being born. So I flew to Boston to give birth to her. And the day after her day after she was born, her grandmother was paralyzed leaving the hospital. So this means the mother of my child had to take in uh, custody of her little brother and uh, sister. So I basically had to leave school. I basically had uh, two choices, play football or take care of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother of my child needed me, so as a man, mm-hmm. um, I left school, and I went to go help take care of them, and, and, and I worked every single day. I got days, I had days where I was pretty miserable. You know, I felt like, um, how could how could God do this to me at, at this time when I'm so close to the NFL and my mother's back home struggling on drugs? And I just, you know, I felt helpless. And, um, you know, I worked and I worked and I worked and I got them situated. And one day I called Keith Higdon, uh, he's an officer, uh, Lineman coach at Tuskegee at, at the current time, and uh, he basically told me, William, I can't promise you no scholarship. You've been out a year. You have to earn. It. You know, I don't know where you're gonna stay. I don't know how you're gonna eat. But uh, all I can do is promise you an opportunity. So I took that opportunity, um, and I went down to Los Angeles, California, to train and get back in shape before I left. And a week into training, I get a card that, you know, my mom passed away of a heroin overdose. Mm. So, you know, in my whole life, you know, I had like a ticking clock, you know what I mean? And mm. all I really wanted to do, and I don't know why I was like this as a kid, but all I really wanted to do was to save my mother, you know what I mean? Spoil her, mm-hmm.
2: you know, give her the world.
1: I never really did nothing for myself. Like, it, it always was for my brothers, my sister, and my mother. I always just, I was always mature. I always always thought about the future. Um, I never dwelled in in the present most of the time. I always thought about the future because my present was so ugly that I wouldn't allow myself to look at it mentally. You know what I mean? I I knew that if I wanted to make it out of there, I was going to have to live inside my head. I was going to have to remember every beautiful thing I saw in that short time of my life. And what it did was Me being tunnel vision for the future It basically blinded out The negative You know what I mean It blinded Mm -hmm. it out Because I believe Success is Success is like a drug You know what I mean Like once you taste a little bit of it You want more of it Right You know what I mean And, Mm -hmm. and, and, And sometimes people judge the Success by You know huge Accomplishments, but sometimes those small accomplishments—you know what I mean—like you get that C when you kept getting that E in that in that English class, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When you, when when you when you go from hitting two twenty-five to two forty-five, you know that was the thing that 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 had me excited. You know what I mean. Anything that I could do to make myself better, or I could show myself that I'm better in, it kept me motivated and it kept me going. So, you know, after I buried my mother um i realized that that my whole life i wasn't doing it for william hollis you mm-hmm. know what i mean like I, I realized that football really wasn't what i loved. Mm-hmm. but at the present time i had to keep playing it because that was all i knew right. so after my mother's you know after i put you know, we, we finished the funeral, and they asked the, the kids to stand up and give a few words. My brother and my sister, they were crying. They were hurt. And I'm the only one that had the strength to stand up and give a speech. And, and, and I tell a lot of my fans that my first time ever giving a speech was, was at my mother's funeral. That, that was the first time I ever did public mm-hmm. speaking, was at my mother's funeral. And after I finished, the old woman told me that was the most beautiful speech I've ever heard. But at that time, I had no idea that that's what I would do in my life, but Mm -hmm. I took it and I remembered it. Mm -hmm. Um, I went out to Tuskegee. I I messaged a friend and asked him, can I sleep on this floor? Until I earned my full scholarship. And I want you guys to pay attention attention to something. I said, until I earned, you know, that I knew Mm -hmm. I was going to get it. Right, and, and, and mm-hmm. that's a, and that's a message that I tell the people that when you have obstacles that's so large, I want you to go out and say right away that I will make it, I will be successful, I will make this happen. Because a lot of inner city kids in, 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 the, in the in the in the areas that we grow up in, uh, mm-hmm. they don't believe know what I mean? They they don't they don't believe that they can be anything they want to be, but they don't also don't understand that they are the best gifts that God placed on this earth because you gotta understand something man. The foundation, if you think about foundation, Quinn, you think about the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, a foundation of a home mm-hmm. it all starts from the bottom get mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying?
2: Right. And, mm-hmm. and the only
1: thing that matters in that project is what you build your, what, what you build on top of your foundation. Mm-hmm. You can either put drugs, crime, murder on your foundation, or you can put serving, education, and knowledge on your foundation. Right. We all got our own foundation. We are born with our own foundation you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and like I tell a lot of business people I was talking to a friend of mine that works for the enterprise down in St. Louis and he was and I was telling him I was like, "Man, he asked me actually. He was like, "Well, how are you building such a huge fan base at a rapid rate?" I said because what I'm doing is, if you look at a mansion's foundation and you look at a, an apartment's foundation, which is bigger? The mansion foundation. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So, the more places I go and give my gifts—St. Louis, Michigan, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Alabama, Atlanta, Los—you know, all over—I'm mm-hmm. building a foundation that's connected to every single one of those places. Right. So when I set my house on top of it, it's going to be one of the most beautiful homes you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. and it's because I am willing to put the work in in each place, to do the same thing in every different place, Mm -hmm. the same struggles in every different place. If you're not willing to do what hurts you continuously, when it comes to your dream, you will never be great. Right. You
0: could never be great. Now, now, William, I want to stop you now because I want to ask you – how, now? now going back from when you, um, you call your friend in Tuskegee to sleep on the floor now, was that, at, at what point did you end up homeless? And I really want you to tell people, what was the turning point for you from getting homeless to going on to be one of the top motivational
2: speakers? Well, after
1: I did all that, I, I came to Tuskegee and, and, and I earned that full scholarship. Mm. And, you know, I had a coach that that knew my, my family history. My dad was a huge mm-hmm. known gangster, uh, per se, and he knew a little bit about that. We got the same name. And, um, you know, he called me a thug. You know, he told me I'd never make it. And I was, a, I was one of the best, if not the best defensive player on the team. year, And they mm-hmm. never played me at all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was literally stopping... A whole offense in practice, the head coach saw it, but, you know, coaches got this thing where if one coach say something and the whole coach staff got to ride with you. Mm-hmm. But it was a thing that, like I said, everybody in there and their mama knew that, that, that I was supposed to be on the field. So, at the end of the day, that was God's plan. But this was God's plan also. I also realized that God was continuing to show me that football really wasn't for me. So I go and get a, a, a make a team down in Columbus, Georgia – with five games left in college football, my college football career, and I go make a professional arena team down in Columbus. We call it the Columbus Lions. I move out of there and go down there to um, an apartment, I mean a condo, and, and we live, we, you know, we live beautiful. Uh, I played very well. Um, and then uh, a divorce came. I was married, and that broke. A coach released me from the team. I was, he said I wasn't mentally stable. It was a spray for my life. And what happened was I went down to uh, Michigan, and I slept on my sister's couch, and I would cry every single day. I was down. I was broken. And she would tell me. One day she walked in the house, and she threw her bag down. She was a nurse. Sister said number five 5'2", if that. And she said, she threw her bag down. She said, William, you are the strongest in our family. You buried your mother, and you gonna let this woman have you like this. Mm-hmm. So after she told me that, I said I'm getting up, and I started to fight. She gave me a free membership at the YLCA where I could go work out. It was my nephew' card, and I mm-hmm. snuck in and worked out to get back in shape. And then, out of all people, I get a call from one of my mother's childhood friends, and it was he's now a professional bodybuilder at this time, mm-hmm. and. The story was he he saw me writing suicidal messages on Facebook statuses, and he said, "I want to help you like your mother helped me."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, "How my mother know you should? When I went to school in Pontiac, Michigan, your mother used to take up for me. I was little and tiny." Mm-hmm. He said, "Now it's my this guy's telling me it's my opportunity, is my time to help her son." Mm-hmm. So. They flew me to Toronto, Canada. I stayed in Toronto, Canada and trained every single day. Six weeks into training, my trainer goes to jail for tax for tax evasion. Yes. I'm homeless in Toronto, Canada. Um, I find this Jamaican family one day. I was eating in the mall, and this old lady saw me, and she told me, she called me, grabbing something out of the garbage can to eat. She said, What are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So she 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 knocked that out of my hand and she bought me a meal, Chinese food. She said to uh, This was a Saturday. She said, Tomorrow I want to pick you up, go to church. She's like, You have a home. I said, Yeah, I got a home. So I went back to the train station. The train station was my home. Mm-hmm. And came to pick me up the next day, and she said, you know, where to meet you at? And I told her, okay, you can just meet me by the train station, because it's hard to sign the address. So, I did that, and she stayed in touch with me for about two more weeks, and we did that about two, three times, until one day she said, you don't have a home. Because she caught me throwing my bag. She got there 20 minutes early than what she said she was going to be. And she caught me throwing my bag in some bushes that I hid my stuff at. Mm -hmm. And she immediately got me in contact with her daughter. And her daughter moved me in, you know, helped me. They showed me love. They showed me affection. You know, they showed me what what, what true family is and, and, and and what good people really look like. And, you know... I worked hard. I worked hard. And I worked hard to the point where I got a call from um, what's that team called, the Albany Panthers, and I was supposed to sign with them. I, I already signed with them, and I think it was two weeks before I was getting ready to leave the camp. They said the team had had folded. Mm-hmm. It won't be a team. Mm-hmm. And after that, I went back to Tuskegee, and people didn't know I slept in. in the fo- I slept in the shed. Mm. Wow. I was back and forth in the middle of the summertime until I got a call from another arena team uh, in Rome, Georgia. And uh, they, they threw me down. They told me they was going to give me a great home and uh, feed me and take care of me. Uh, and they basically lied to me. They gave me peanut butter and jelly, Raymond noodles, and to the point in the first game, I had a mini stroke three days before the first game. Mm-hmm. and I went out there and played the worst game of my life. They cut me. I was back homeless, and then they told me that there was a team in New Jersey that said they'll give you a tryout, not a contract, not a guaranteed contract, but a tryout. Mm-hmm. But you got to you get your own bus ticket and get all the way down to New Jersey from Rome, Georgia. So I called my baby mom baby mother, the mother of my child. And, you know, I asked her, I said, can you help me one last time? She sent me the money. She got the ticket. I got the ticket. I went down there. It was about 20-something hours it took me to get there. It was forever. I got right off the bus. Coach picked me up in Philadelphia. In um, yeah, Philadelphia, drove to New Jersey. Um, uh, went to practice.
2: Mm.
1: Had a granola bar. That's the only thing I ate. Twenty some hours. Mm. I went out there. I dominated. I made the team. And before that season was over, with I had broke the single game sack record on Mother's Day with four point five sacks in one game. And I was I was second in the league in sacks. In and I missed three games. Mm. And what I noticed in that time, I noticed that God had truly given me a gift. God had truly uh, put his presence around me. Mm -hmm. Because when I came out there, I could have failed. You know what I mean? Right. I Mm could have, everything could have went wrong. A coach promised me after that season that I was going to get signed by a bigger team. Bigger teams came, but he was telling them that I wasn't mentally ready to go. He was lying to the people because he wanted me to help him win a championship. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, you know, at the end of the season, he turned his back on me. I was back homeless. I was sneaking in and out of the hotel that I was living at when the season was on. And I convinced a manager to give me a job as a front desk rep. My first job ever. So I worked there, and they told me that I wasn't allowed to live in the hotel, but I worked there. But they knew I was—they knew I was living in there. You know, I knew I was living in there. Right. So you know, the manager get fired. They found out I'm living in there. They fire me, and I'm homeless outside of the hotel. And um, uh, what was it at? Is it Point Pleasant, uh, New Jersey? And um, basically. I hitched a ride to Dover, Delaware with a friend, slept outside. He dropped me off, and I slept outside on the side of a Turkey Hill gas station. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I slept outside of a Turkey Hill gas station. And, you know, I was trying to figure out my life. I was trying to figure out what what to do next. Mm-hmm. And a coach that I bumped a single-game sack record on, Bernie Nortowski, he was on Facebook one day, and he had cancer. He was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, Where are you at now? I said, Coach, I'm in Dover, Delaware. I'm home. He said, I'm coming to get you. He moved me in his house in Reddit, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. An Italian man. Mm-hmm. All white neighborhood, only black kid in there. Mm-hmm. And he put me in a basement. He said, You gonna you can stay here as long as you figure it out. You can play football for me down here uh, down here in, 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 in Hershey with the Harrisburg Stampede. Marcus Coaster, NFL wide receiver on his team. Mm-hmm. So I get down there and we move. I lived with him for a little while. Then he moved me down to Hershey, and I start working. And then I start going to the gym on a regular basis. I got my boy down, my best friend, the the, the, the Godfather of my daughter. Um, he moved down there with me to play, and it was it was beautiful, man. Life was starting to move go up again. Mm-hmm. So as I started to get a few more calls from different teams. And a couple of Canadian teams, you know, I started to train a little harder. And one day I was in the gym doing power cleaning. One day my whole right side just went out. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God, my boy caught the weight and pulled it away from me. And I went to the doctor and they said, he got a slight, two slight crack vertebrae. Wow. And they said they can heal or, or, you know, or you could take a chance. So at the end of the day, I didn't say nothing because this was the only home I'd have had in a long time. Right. Wow. So, by the grace of God, the team folded. Oh, the
2: second okay. team
1: folded. And if I would have played Queen, I would have been a pair of leader.
0: Wow. So those guys were pretty much getting you out of this situation without you having Completely. to...
1: Completely. Mm-hmm. But what it happened was when we found out that was the problem, I moved back down to Pennsylvania. But this time I coached football with Coach Bernie, Bernie Nortowski. I was the youngest coach in the league, led the, team, see, led the league in sacks. My, all my defensive linemen led the league in sacks. I coached them all. And then one day they said, "Will, we need somebody to go speak at the school. Do you want to volunteer or do you want to walk up to volunteer? I said, okay, I'll do that. I went and I volunteered. I had to speak to the worst students they had in the school. Within 30 minutes, I had them in tears. Within an hour, they called me back and they asked me, how much do you charge to speak? Wow! From that speech, I did six assemblies. From there, I did St. Joseph Hospital in Portland, Maine. St. Joseph Hospital in Redding, Pennsylvania. Then I go up and I do radio interviews. Then I move up and I do the Jacksonville Jaguars event. Wow. Then I do more assemblies. Then I do tattoo business. Then I do another business. Wow. And then I go to Italy and make history. as the first speaker ever to speak in Milan. It's all fashion with me. Wow,
0: that's crazy. So all of this really... You know, and for all the listeners out there, really, you know, your story and your journey and being homeless so many times and all of that, it really, it was preparing you and really getting you back in touch with your old coach, really preparing you for what it is that you were destined to do all along. That's
1: crazy. You know what it is, Queen, and I tell everybody that follow me, I say that God really has to make you rich on the inside before he makes you rich on the outside. Mm-hmm. And he does this, you know, so you can, you know, you can always stay humble. You can always remember where you came from. You can always have love and compassion for people that's hurting inside. And the best way I could describe my motivation, and a guy in Italy said, "Your voice and when you speak is as if you're talking to a person that's standing on a bridge, ready to jump off. And if your words don't touch him, he's gonna die." He said, "You have the ability to make him get off the bridge." Mm -hmm. So, what I did was I created motivation, not lions, tigers, and bears, but I talked about the heroin epidemic. Mm -hmm. I talked about suicide. Mm -hmm. I talked about genocide. I talked about real motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, people that really feel as they don't have any purpose on this earth. Mm -hmm. Because I once was them. Right. So... I tell the world all the time, and and, and and I don't care how far I go, or how long this lasts, or how long I used to live.
2: Mm-hmm. I can
1: tell people that when I said, when I talk to you with my motivation, I'm not telling you anything. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you as if I'm talking to myself.
2: Mhm.
1: So we get motivated together.
2: Right.
1: I motivated myself, and the world just happened to hear. Mhm. So now I'm starting to see these benefits and, 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 and I'm starting to see things happen. And, and I had no budget. Mm-hmm. I had no money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I tell people, don't tell me that your excuse is because of money. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always a way. It's
1: not because of money. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to do the small thing. You don't want to do the small thing. Mm-hmm. You want a six-piece puzzle when life is a thousand-piece puzzle.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Then, so at the end of the day, you know what I mean? I tell everybody, man, let's be, we got greatness. Every single human being got greatness inside of
2: mm-hmm. We
1: all are phenomenal. Right. And, and until you are addicted to your dream, mm-hmm. until you are addicted, I'm talking about waking up, looking out the window, looking to the sky, waiting for the sun to come up at 4.30 in the morning. You will never reach that mountain of greatness. Mm-hmm. Because greatness is going to take blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I, I want to, um, because you mentioned something that's so important a lot of people miss, you know, when they're kind of, well, when they're starting, you know, trying to build something. A lot of people, they don't want to do the small things. You know, you mentioned that, you know, you got asked to volunteer to speak, you know, and it's something that, you know, it it, it wasn't oh, something yeah, that you oh, were, yeah. were thinking about, you know, but a lot of people, it's like they want to start something. They want to become a motivational speaker or they want to start this business, this and that, but they don't want to start from the bottom. You know, they don't want to work their way, <laughs> you know, up from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know
1: you, Nicole, you, you have built an amazing company, Review Magazine. That is one of my favorite magazines. It's absolutely sensational. Thank, you, thank I know, you, I know for a fact that it's just like this, and I get this a little sample to a lot of my youth,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it's, it's like this. The power of free.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you ever walked through the mall and a Chinese man gave you a free sample, or a Korean man, of that piece of you know, uh, uh, uh or chicken, teriyaki uh, chicken, yeah. to whatever <laughs> chicken he ate. Right. You eat that piece and you get to walking through that mall. 10 minutes past, 20 minutes past, 30 minutes past.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then your stomach starts to grow. Mm-hmm. But the first thing you remember
2: is that free thing. <laughs>
1: is that free sample. hmm So now, that one a piece of free meat is going to get him a whole plate. He's going to get a guy to buy a whole plate mm-hmm. on one free sample. Mm-hmm. That's business in a nutshell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you show them that you value them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're going to buy from you.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: You don't sell products, you're selling yourself. Right. People buy off a person, mm-hmm. not a product. A product cannot sell itself.
0: Right. Buy from who they like. Mhm.
1: That's in the no sale right there,
0: Corey. And and I wanna uh talk I wanna talk about something else that you mentioned when you were speaking earlier. You said, um, I give real motivation because you know nowadays a lot of people wanna become motivational speakers and a lot of people ah. they feel like because they can come up with this good speech and this good word that they want to call themselves motivational speakers, but I want to get it from you, from your opinion. What really makes somebody a motivational speaker? Like, is everyone qualified to be a motivational speaker?
1: I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Everybody is not motivational speaker, and I see it every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this. Well, our generation believe, we believe what our opinion, we believe our opinion is what matters. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you this. With motivational speaking, the world must choose you can't choose
2: the world mm, it's deep.
1: Mm-hmm. the motivational speaking world the world chooses you mm-hmm. they choose to call you a motivational speaker if they don't call you one you're not allowed to call yourself one
2: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. is motivation let me tell you something it is blood sway if you look at every single speaker Tony Robbins Les Brown Eric Thomas they have all been home.
2: Wow! I didn't know
1: that. All of them have been homeless. Wow. Les Brown was doing his first big speech living in an office in Detroit, Michigan. Wow. Crazy. You understand me like that? Like I said, they all—they all started. They all started from the bottom. mm mm-hmm. Like you, you think about how can you? How can you motivate?
2: I haven't been through nothing. How can you
1: motivate? If you never ever been through anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: It's impossible. It's impossible. And and, and I and I and I tell people all the time, man, like this, this is a process. You gotta study your craft. You gotta learn, you gotta work it. You gotta do it every single day. You gotta speak in front of the mirror. You gotta study other motivational speakers. I'm going to tell you all a secret what William Holland did. How I started, I started watching videos in a free hotel on a computer. I looked at the best in the world. I took Tony Robbins, I took Eric Thomas, and I took Les Brown with a little bit of Zin Zin. You know what I did? I said, I'm going to take a little bit of every single one of them. They're all considered great. So what would that make me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Greater. What would that make me if I take a little bit of all these people in different styles of motivation? It's going to give me one. Mm-hmm. It's never—I'm never going to be able to not talk to a crowd. Right. Any type of crowd—entrepreneurs, filthy rich, filthy poor—I don't care what you are. I am able to motivate you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of the day. And, the
2: world chooses a
0: motivational speaker, not the person. hmm And now, I also want to talk about, you know, for some people, because a lot of people, they may have their lives already planned out. Maybe their parents have planned their lives out for them. So, you know, and a lot of times, the things that we want may not be what God wants for us. It may not be what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, same thing with you. Like, you you, you want us to play football, or at least you thought you wanted to play football, but here you are now, you're doing motivational speaking for a living. So I want you to talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, being open to what it is that, you know, God wants you to do versus what you think you want to do or what you want to do.
1: Well, I struggle with that a lot along with my life as well. And sometimes you get so used to something, you believe that's what you're supposed to do because you love it. And what happened is, God will keep telling you that this is not what you're supposed to be doing, but your pride keeps saying that this is what I want to be. This is what I want to be seen as. See, a lot of people understand that without any sheep, there can be no shepherds. Mm-hmm. See, everybody wants to be great, but everybody is not made great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people really have to work for this. Right. And when you when you when you when you want to, first of all, it goes back to the last conversation. People are telling themselves that they are this and that. Right. Nobody cares about your opinion about yourself. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell people. I gotta tell people. Quite frankly. Quite frankly, if you're doing something a hundred times in a row and you're failing. A hundred times in a row. When are you going to realize that this is just not it? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what my mentor told me, and it's going to be two important keys about money. Young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, don't ever try to make a million dollars. Try to make a dollar a million times. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. The first thing that made you your first dollar is going to make you your second dollar. Mm -hmm. So don't think about nothing else. Right. Those are two very important keys that will definitely take you far in life. So if you want to know what you were meant to be doing, go back to the thing that made you your first dollar. By yourself. Mm -hmm. And do it again and again and again and again. I promise you, you'll thank me later.
0: That's a different way of thinking about stuff. Because like you said, a lot of people, they just aim for... I wanna make a million dollars. I wanna be a million this and that. And then you know, that's that's the only thing they think about. But that's so true what you said, you know. Think about how you made that first dollar. That's 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 deep.
1: I like that. I said, man, just remember how you made that first dollar. Man, I I trust me, Kenny course, I just struggled. My mentor to beat my head in with it. Like we'll like 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 we'll you wanna you wanna do all this other stuff, but you are making money doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. You better do this a million times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they pay once somebody excuse me, if they pay once somebody else gonna pay again.
2: Right. Mm
1: hmm. That's how I go, Queen. I'm telling you, man. I tell everybody, yeah, you wanna know how to be successful, man? Look, focus on those two things. Don't try to make a million dollars, make a million dollars one time. Right. You feel
0: no that, that's
1: that would Good. No. You
0: good? Go ahead, Queen. Oh no! I wanted you to just just tell everyone about your speeches because I know you um you talk real heavily on suicide. I saw you put a video up, a couple couple different visuals up. You did I think it was what about last month or something like that. And then just tell everyone about that, and then about your young kings and queens speeches that you had. Uh, the 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 the
1: young king speech was actually my first speech I ever dropped, man. That was the first speech ever, man. That that that's just that's the speech that went viral all over the world. Uh, potentially give me book in Kenya and Nigeria. It, it, they're my number one fans, my queens and queens, my kings and queens of Nigeria. Uh, mm-hmm. I love them to death. I, I love, man, they, they're so sincere and sweet people. Um, Young Kings did a lot of great things for me. That put me on the map and helped me. Uh, you know, get signed to different speaking companies. I'm also a signed speaker with Feel Motivation. With number one on iTunes, number one sold on every music outlet in the world, and I'm the key number one speaker for them, and, and that, that's a blessing in itself. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the suicide won't take me. I created that for um, just... I was at that point in my life when I wanted to commit suicide. I wanted to give up in life, and I actually remade that, and it's dropping soon, on Basquiat Picasso page, one of the biggest motivational platforms on YouTube in the world. Uh, it, 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 it's basically called um, my 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 uh my letter to the my, my, my letter to the victim.
2: Mm. And,
1: and and it's it's so powerful. Oh my oh my oh my god! It, it is mm. by far my best speech ever. Mm. And when it drops, it's definitely gonna change a lot of perspectives, you know, and gonna set this world on fire like a lot of my other speeches. But like I said, man, my style of motivation is very different. I don't write this. I don't. I don't script this. This is all from the heart. I believe when you speak from the heart, you touch the heart. And I'm, I got the ability to create speeches on the spot.
2: Wow. So,
1: huh. you know what I mean? Like that's 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 just you know that that's just that's just how I am. Mm. If you wanted to give me a topic now, we can we can talk about something now if you want one. Wow, that's
2: amazing. Okay.
1: Absolutely, that's my gift. That's my gift. That's my gift, did the, the turnover time is very fast. I make about ten speeches a night.
2: Yeah.
1: My catalog is filled with eight hundred speeches that the world ain't even heard yet, and every single one of them go over a hundred thousand plus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely. I'ma tell people. This is this is something I want to tell y'all.
2: Yeah.
1: People ask, when do you know you have found your gift? It's when people start to pay you, Mm -hmm. and it's completely easy to you. Mm -hmm. When you find your gift, you start to make easy money. Money starts to chase you. Mm -hmm. Because what they think is amazing is your gift. It's what you were born to do, just like you breathe. Easy, right? So that's when you find what you love. Mm-hmm. That's when you find what you're destined to do. It right. becomes easy, second nature, on command, any time, rain, sleet, or snow. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'm ready.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm prepared. Yep. That's crazy. That's it. Well, we
0: definitely we have to bring you back on because you definitely hit on a lot of different topics. that can really be a whole other conversation by themselves. So, um, but just
1: Absolutely, Clint.
0: Tell everybody, um, tell all the listeners, what are some of your upcoming projects you're working on? And just let everybody know where they can, how they can book you and learn more about you and everything else you have going on.
1: I'm actually working on something in London, Ottawa, Canada. Um I also have uh, a program, a non profit that I'm getting ready to start up. Uh, called the Phenom and also partner with another one, um uh, called uh, oh my god, I do so much. Uh, the 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 um oh my god. Give <sighs> me time people. We talked about so much. Uh, the um you know what? I'm gonna get back to y'all on that. One. I completely forgot. I do so much stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I know my other nonprofit, the Phenom, is, is definitely in the works. Um, we also have uh, the summer summer DC um, youth event that we have out there. They have out there every year that I got connected with through. of to watch the Washington Redskins last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like I said, man, it's it's a it's a whole bunch queen. I, I got uh, my website. Mm-hmm. It's, it's updated every single day, and I and I'm honestly tell all my people, and my entrepreneurs, I am bad at one thing, and that is scheduling. Um, I I I am because that because that I can prepare speeches on the spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't when I get a gig, I just know the topic offhand, and I'll be preparing it preparing for, it for months inside my head. Mm-hmm. So. My my team takes care of my calendar but my website also updates all my stuff and what I'll be where I'll be and what I'll be doing. I just wake up, read the calendar and I go be great. So uh <laughs> um I'm 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 young and I'm up and coming kings and queens, man. I, I want y'all to know man, um it's a great time to be alive even though it's a lot of bad things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids being murdered by the police, things are, are happening. But I want y'all to remember one thing, man. This soul of ours is is untouchable. Um, the spirit of us kings and queens is, is almost unbreakable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I want y'all to believe that until you are not afraid to die, you won't live.
2: Yeah.
1: And I want y'all to really listen to me. Until you are not afraid to die, you can never live. Because I want you to say, I was listening to K.R.S. One, one one day, and he, he said something about, he said, say rock star without moving your lips. And I said rock star. And you people, could, the audience can try it. You try and say rock star without saying it. Just say it inside your head. And he asked us, he said, do you hear it? And you actually can hear it if you guys try. And you know what that is? That's your spirit. This, this, this outer body, this is just a shell. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that we get to live this life until we get it right. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I don't let anybody else tell me different. You know why? Because I believe the Lord died for us. He mm-hmm. died for our sin. Mm-hmm. So I don't take half of the story of the Bible. I take the whole Bible. And I want you, you cats out there to, 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 to hear people say, oh, you're not holy or you're not this not that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. God never had saints in his clinic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He had thieves, he had murderers, he had all kinds of people. Right. Because he knew they were strong enough to go fight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm no different than those people that he had go fight for with him. I'm a kid from the projects, from the bottom, from nothing. Grew up watching his mama every day. And before he was 27 years old, which I am today, I don't see any of my family. It's like they're all faddish. Mm. So now what God has done, he's released me from that bondage of, of having to be locked down somewhere. And he gave me the freedom to roam the earth and do what I need to do for him. Like I said, I was a kid with a learning disability. I couldn't read until I was sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. And the words, and the motivation that people hear, the, the 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 substance. I'm gonna tell you, I close my eyes and I pray, and God speaks through. I don't remember a word that I say when I speak. Mm-hmm. That's how I know it's God playing. It's not me. Mm-hmm. I say King Hollis, but it's all God. Right. King Hollis a part of the brand, part of the major scheme of things. But the big picture is God, man. That's what it's about. Them. Anybody out there that, that, that feel that God isn't real, I'm going to tell you that man, a man has convinced you that God isn't real. That's not God action. Because what we believe is, we believe love is something given to us, and love is not a thing, an object, any of that. Love is a place, and it's where you walk in and where you dwell at. And when you walk into that area, you will feel love. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And even though God loves us, he allows murder, chaos, and all that crazy mess. Mm-hmm. But he still loves us. So, when everything is going wrong on the earth, don't turn your back on him. Mm -hmm. Just because he's not giving you something. Love is nothing to be given, it's something to be walked into. You walk into love. You ever walk into a room and say, Oh my God, I feel the love? Mm -hmm. It's a place, it's not a thing not a flower, it's not a dinner. It's a place. And it's your choice to put your place yourself in that place. Mm-hmm. So stop by counterfeit love, Queen and Kings. Understand that love is a place. Love is already where you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That that that'll be one last thing i say to the audience, man. I love you guys, man. I hope you
0: guys follow me. Um, mm-hmm. what's your, I got a lot uh, more
1: motivation in me.
0: Which, which, tell us, what's your Instagram, Facebook, and I don't think you did that earlier.
1: My Facebook is William Hollis. My Instagram, William Hollis, regular William, H-O-L-L-I-S. Uh, my Instagram is Hollis Motivation underscore official. And my... Twitter is the speaker ninety two.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely, I thank you for coming on and just giving us your time tonight. And I know for a fact that the listeners out there definitely gained some good knowledge and some inspiration and everything. Uh, so everybody listening, be sure to check out William Hollis. Um, reach out to him, book him for your next event and just, just reach out to him. Now, the one last thing, do you do one-on-one consultations if people want to um, do like a one-on-one type thing with you?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All you would do is um, you go to my website at uh, www.hollismotivation.com mm-hmm. uh, and you will go to book William Hollis, you'll will write your receipts, to you like a consultation and we'll go from there. Send me an email and we're going we're gonna to make it happen. We're going to okay. grow that business.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of In the Boardroom Podcast. I am Adrena Martin-Tolbert, and to learn more about me, visit my website online at www.whoisadrena.com. Thank you for tuning in.